receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. everybody, it's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. This is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and manning this whole thing, making this all happen, and producer... Rick Brett Snyder. There we go. Uh, so, it, it has been a while, and uh, parts it has been because, I, as I think I alluded to... No, I, I didn't allude, it was direct. I said that a certain DC crossover event uh, caused major... I guess we recovered in the resin... And magic and science all would not work. And we tried. I, did we record two entire podcasts where it where there was a technical difficulty? Uh, no, no, one, just one. One was completely recorded. It, it was technical difficulty, and then we scheduled another one. And uh, there we were ghosts record, in the machine. We record usually through Skype, and yes, um, that was it. Was a terrifying single syllable from Rick that uh, I, I believe just played for an hour. And, and the black bolt of the uh, roar, roar, roar. Yep, it was. Anyway, uh, so we will attempt to uh, refer to a certain event without ever actually naming it uh, because we, we just don't want things to go awry again. Uh, but. Before we get into that, of course, I want to say that if you'd like to join the conversation or offer up uh, things we might be able to talk about or or respond to us, uh, we'd love you to write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. But you can, of course, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all as Fanboy Planet. And if there's anything we talk about on this uh, podcast uh, that you would like to own for your very own, and you can find it at a local brick-and-mortar store, or even if you just want to support Fanboy Planet a bit, we are an Amazon affiliate, and we have links on each and every page that are both direct and search boxes that will allow you to go to Amazon and possibly purchase things. So we would appreciate that support. And I, I think that's all I need to say up front uh, so here we are. It, it, it's been a while, and I've been to a couple of conventions. Or, yeah, we've both been to a couple of conventions. Yeah, and you've been to other places, uh, New Orleans, I believe. Uh, and no, you, I, I we went to. No, you were not New Orleans. You were uh, Vegas. Yeah. So either way, you avoided the vampires successfully. So well done. I mean, as far <laughs> as I know. And uh, it has been stormy. In, in I did catch COVID since the last time we had a. Oh uh, my gosh, that's right. Yes. So uh, after the after that first convention. Ah, uh, yep, you were the one. Yes. Uh, so I blame the Daleks. So anyway, let's uh, you know get kind of get to this. Is, is uh, yes, there was a huge crossover event. It, it involved uh, one of the the name of. of one of the people that uh, Jesus Christ brought back from the dead. And, <laughs> wow. And the entire I guess world, so. 
uh, look, let's acknowledge it. It's there. Yes. Um, and it was supposed to be, I'll call it a soft reboot. I don't know. I'm, I'm calling the follow-up Dawn of DC as, uh, as an initiative because some things, everything's just fine. Nobody's changed. In fact, I think in general, that's, that's the truth. Nothing's really, there are not, some changes. It, but, some. No, no, no. There's changes in characterization, but the there's some new characters. But the con, well, there. But the continuity hasn't changed. It's just moving forward from this. Yeah. Unlike a crisis, shall we say, um, where suddenly you're not even sure. Uh, not did Batman catch his parents' killer? We may never know this month. But uh, because I'm also not really paying attention to Batman books, uh, so. Uh, what sparked my thought on this is is that I was at, at my local comic shop, uh, Earth 2 Comics in, in Sherman Oaks, and we were saying, uh, the manager there, Heather, was saying that she just felt like people were buying books, people are enjoying books, that's not the problem, uh, but nobody seems to be super excited. And I, because I said in the, in, in the wake of this crossover, like, I picked up an issue and said, is, is it done yet? And because I keep seeing books show up with the titles and subtitles, including, yeah, a subtitle, including a subtitle called Assault on Krypton, in which no one is assaulted on Krypton. Nobody goes to Krypton. Nobody no. goes to Krypton. And so I'm thinking, how did the editorial get so out of whack on that? And and I think as in the great lost episode we were never able to record is like somehow the anthology format was some of those books were so bizarrely structured. It was like you were you were following a three-page story among three different titled anthologies, and then one of the anthologies actually had very satisfying single story, uh, you know, single Which character stories. Which one do you think stories. had? Which? I, I've lost track of what the names were, but the one okay. that had the question, Renee Montoya, okay. she that had was a self-contained early. story. Uh, there were a few new characters that were that were introduced as a result of the, of the resin. Uh, that I don't know that I was into the characters themselves, but I was happy that the story was you know felt contained. I, there I, are a couple that I'm excited about, and there are like like maybe I literally mean like two, and then the rest I'm just kind of like. Uh, no, and I've been I've been trying to take a look at each of the of the so-called Dawn of DC books. You know what uh, what what the next phase is, and so far, and you don't like the Justice Society, do you? I do like the Justice Society. The current one. My problem with the Justice Society, it's not. A, I shouldn't say it's a problem. It's that I think there are and have been for some time uh, parallel continuities, if you will. Mark Wade and Gene Luen Yang are shaping the mainstream DC universe. And over to the left, Jeff Johns is doing what Jeff Johns wants to do. And I love that the Justice Society are coming back and now that it's had a couple of issues, I think it's had three now, and I haven't read the third one yet, um, that he... Uh, He's at least kind of time traveling, and you're still getting a sense of the original Justice Society, which I just flat out acknowledge. Their origins are in World War II. They found a dozen different ways to extend their lifespans and make it make sense that the Justice Society could be uh, operating in modern continuity, except now it's 2023. So Jeff Johns made the right choice, 
and it's definitely a, a you know a next generation kind of thing went a little in the future and that's fine it just doesn't seem to be affecting anything else except that only in books that are directly in Jeff Johns purview do you get direct references to doomsday clock for example so i i think that like there's just this weird editorial split and i'm fine and there's star girl the lost children yeah, which I was a little taken aback, and here's my only issue with that was, and then I got over it. Look, I'm just I'm just too old and tired to be cranky <laughs> about this stuff. Is that for someone picking it up new, they're gonna think these are legitimately golden age characters, and they're uh, not. I, I, yeah, okay. You know, I, I mean, like sidekicks that didn't exist. In World War II, except yeah. for there's the crossover. Uh, the, uh, Little Boy Blue and the Blue Boys are in The Lost Children, and that was legitimately a series uh, in the back of Sensation Comics where Wonder Woman made her uh, first appearance. So it's to me, it doesn't, time doesn't matter in comics unless they make it matter, you know? Oh, unless, right. they, unless it's essential to understanding who a character was, and then it's a problem. So, right. You know, I'm I, just saying uh, there was never a, a golden age red lantern, but right. Jeff John says now there was, and I'm fine with that. It's that he put in a DC who's who page yeah. for red lantern with a first appearance in uh, all American comics or in green lantern. I can't remember which one he said it was, but dating it in 1941. And so like, I love the conceit. That's funny. And again, I, at a certain point I just reached thought, first of all, I don't know, no offense to Jeff Johns, I don't know who's picking that book up that wasn't already a Justice Society fan and wasn't already in the joke, in on the joke, you know? I think they're, I think, well... Or on the conceit. I don't think it's a joke. I think it's... You also, you also, you know, you talked about the, the problem of time and that the fact that it's like, it's another generation and it's a little advanced in time, but it's also, at least in the current arc, a time travel story with people coming back from the future Right. Um, I mean, and that's what makes it work for me. I'm just saying that if you were to look at the original lineup of the Justice Society and once upon a time way back, uh, I think I tried to do the math on like how old each one was when they started. Because I, you know, at that time I was young enough and single enough and childless enough to be concerned (laughs) about those kinds of things. You could put the charts up on the wall. and Yeah, yeah, kind of. And, you know, logically, even Al Pratt. Uh, the Adam was the youngest member of the Justice Society because he was uh, still in college. And so the youngest of the Justice Society in 2023 is still over 100 years old. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm fine. It's all good. I, I, I've i got no problem with that. I've read the – but back, to, but that's still not part of the Dawn of D.C. Like I said, it's over to the left. Dawn but of I, D.C. I think, I think if I could, the the Justice Society itself isn't selling this book. It's the characters in it. And I think anybody who's, I would bet the the majority of people who are buying it right now, some are, some are, um, that aren't already justice society fans are buying it for Huntress. Maybe I, I, you know, I'd love to see, we, I mean, we never know for sure. Right. What is that crossover? Every character, like, like I say, every movie has a fan. It's somebody's favorite movie. Every character is somebody's favorite character. And I don't, want to take that away. I like the Huntress. I, I sometimes, because the version here, right. It's back to Helena Kane, right? 
Uh, so, or Helena Wayne, rather, it's not, not right, Helena right. Kane. <clears throat> so that's already a different Huntress than the one that's even in uh, uh, Birds of Prey, right. the movie, uh, and has been in the continuity for the last 30 or 40 years. So, no, you know, I would agree that there are people drawn in because it's Huntress. For me, you know, Huntress's real uh, reason, for, not reason for existence, but because she's Earth 2 Batman and, and Catwoman's daughter, right. you know, she, she absolutely is tied into uh, to the Justice Society and the attempts to put her into a post-crisis, non-justice society kind of thing, making her Helena Bertinelli, have never been as interesting to me. But that's because I, I appreciate agree. the legacy. I totally agree. You know? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't want to get bogged down in that. I am saying they're moving forward with some other things that I've, you know, don't. Uh, the Superman, great. They actually came up with a pretty decent reason why nobody remembers that Superman and Clark Kent are the same. Uh, anymore, I and I'm way behind on Superman. Well, uh, that was their that was their big initiative that they wanted yeah. to change uh, change that, and I skipped forward. You know, I I read can when we, Brian Michael Bendis had say, had him say like he wanted to tell the truth. Can and, we jump back for a second to the Lazarus? Uh, no, planet? we're not saying it. We're not saying it. Oh, damn it! You've just ruined it's, this entire podcast. It's not a surprise. Lightning's <laughs> going to strike your equipment any minute now. Go ahead. Whoa. Um, you know the. the the whole thing, I mean, it basically, it started in two other books. It started in Batman versus Robin. Right. And, and it started in World's Finest, although that wasn't obvious to begin with. You know what's hilarious is I'm realizing, I'm thinking, you're just being pedantic now, but you're not because I, we're both remembering a conversation that only you and I had, but it was <laughs> yeah. intended for the podcast. So go ahead. So, so and what what I felt great about in that, I mean, the Batman versus Robin was interesting because Robin had had picked up on all these things that were magical and and had had created a force to go up against Batman and eventually Superman as well. Um, but then when it moved into um, the end of that storyline, we started seeing DC do something they've tried to do a number of times, and that's bring um, Chinese. Um, interest into the books and mm -hmm. interest i'm saying interest instead of saying mythology because i i think i don't want to belittle it by saying it's a it's 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 it was an accurate representation of a lot of the mythological and basically entertainment properties in in china that were done right they used the right names they had the right relationships they tied it into monkey prince which has been skewed and then was all of a sudden brought back into focus with within all of this. And I found that wonderful. And after so many attempts on DC's part to do a, a Chinese storyline focused set of stories or books, um, they finally did it with the end of that arc and the beginning of the Lazarus planet stuff. Um, what blew it for me was once they got into the Lazarus planet specials, those huge, expensive books—they all felt like, like, um, like overblown uh, free comic book day books. Well, it, you know, that were it, just to to introduce new books that were going to come out sometime in the future. It reminded it reminded me a lot of I I, I want to say it was Blood Pack, Bloodline, 
There was a crossover mm-hmm. of summer annuals, and I think they just about killed comics in the 90s, uh, you know, where, yes, you knew that. In fact, I was talking with somebody at Earth 2 who, and I said this, it reminds me of Bloodline. Am I supposed to, uh, full of characters that nobody cares about except Hitman. And yeah. uh, he said, who's Hitman? <laughs> No, I mean, you know, I yeah, mean, it's a no. character that hasn't appeared in 20 years. Right. So I, I think he was killed off in his own in his book. It ended that way, fine. You know, but nothing has had resonance. Uh, I was stunned because uh, I, I walked into a debate in a comic shop uh, about uh, some guy my age. And it wasn't me, I promise you. I'm not, like, seeing myself out, having out-of-body experiences lecturing a young clerk about how, you know, Beast Boy originally appeared in Doom Patrol, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you something. Uh, so I was at the Dawn of DC panel at WonderCon, and DC professionals said that. Not a lot of people realize that Beast Boy came from, originally appeared in Doom Patrol. And I, like... I wizened right there. I like, you know, my yeah. hair turned white, fell out. <laughs> my teeth started crackling and I'm just Your like, knees were popping. Well, that ha- that's been happening for a <laughs> while anyway, but I just, you know, and that's what I'm saying. Like with justice society is look, I love this stuff, but I could, I can go back and reread the old, you know, what's the new thing that's getting the new people in yeah. and what's exciting them. I think monkey Prince is great. I'm with, I, I am with you and I love, uh, I hope I'm not going to spoil that among the people that are allowed to remember who Superman is, is new Superman who they are still calling new Superman. The China, the one from China yeah. that, uh, Jean Luen Yang had also created and, uh, you know, so I, 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 I love that. And I, I want to see those characters. I got excited for Dawn of DC. The Superman stuff is like, uh, you know, they did the worst thing for the new Jonathan Kent book was they said the road to, uh, injustice. And I like went, no, yeah, I, because injustice is a fun game. Don't get me wrong. Uh, right. I admit I haven't read the comics because I just think I don't like, I don't like, I don't, well, they had a storyline that would have gone for a number of books and then it was just so popular they had to reboot it again in another volume and it's mm-hmm. just yeah well no but but the comics never interested me because the game itself told me what i needed to know played yeah. the game i just don't like how easily corruptible the honestly famously incorruptible superman is always made in these dystopias you know it, it, yeah. it's just it's 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 wrong for me for me, I, you, you know, you might be some young punk who just thinks, yes, uh, if I had that power, I wouldn't, I, you know, I'd It's be. the same guys who argue about Superman versus One Punch Man. Uh, I, I know. There are people that have tried to get me on, in, into that discussion on, on Facebook, and I'm like, I, I don't care. <laughs> it's all imaginary. Well, they missed the point of One Punch Man, too. So. Well, it, it, right, and they missed the point of Superman. Um, so, anyway... Uh, and it turns out that what they're doing with Jonathan Kent is they're going to put him through the multiverse. And one of the Earths he's going to show up on is just the Earth where injustice happened. So, right. okay, I feel better having read that. But but the only 
books that super the only one book it actually comes out uh i guess comes out this week i refuse to uh, i'm gonna say it comes out tomorrow i refuse to acknowledge that it is available in my comic shop today because dc cannot make me go to a comic shop twice a week uh, <laughs> you know by by releasing it on tuesdays uh so it came out today it was the unstoppable doom patrol right one because i love doom patrol Two, because after listening now to writer Dennis Culver talk about it at WonderCon, it's a different take. Yes. Uh, finally, of, you know, that, that they are the... Um, it's original Doom Patrol. It's the original... Well, it's got a mixture. Yeah. They've got a new Beast no, Girl. They've got Crazy Jane and, you know, but it's... But it, Crazy Jane is the chief. Yes. One of her personas. And they're Spoilers. introducing Beast Girl <laughs> and... And uh, Beast Girl is kind of like Gar, but when you when you say something's the original, like the original, right? You don't necessarily have to say, well, it's not doesn't have all the Grant Morrison's characters in it. What it has is an attitude and and a beat to the storyline that feels like authentically original. Okay, so tell me what it's about. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I have, do. That's what I've been trying to say. I have uh, not been. Well, no, no, I'm I'm. Just the only thing I read was the uh, was the uh, four pages in one of the specials. Right, I'm just saying. I heard the writer talk about it. I would like to, okay, you know, say that they are that they're the, kind of the triage. They're coming in as first responders in the result of the Lazarus resin, the rain, I guess. And right. so when people are developing new powers, unlike X Men, they're not trying to train people to use their powers for the coming war between normal people and right. and meta power meta humans they're just they're going to be the vanguard of superheroes sure but to train people to just cool. live yeah. with their new with their new status quo they're introducing Beast Girl. Origin still a little bit unclear. She looks different. I can't tell you because I, I don't know from the preview art they released, but that you can look at on fanboyplanet.com. Uh, that she, I don't know that she can change form into other thing, uh, other animals, but she does tap into the red, I guess, in some extent. And where her abilities definitely differ from Gar is that she can actually. Uh, cause you to have the fight or flight response ah. and get to the hind brain and just mess around with that. I'm sure they have a very scientific explanation in the book. Uh, so I, I just like, it is different. You're right. It is with the original team back to being heroes. You know, this has been, I've enjoyed the TV series. I really have, but I have a difficult time. I've just wanted after four seasons for them to move past the woe is me when it is clear that being heroes was not the problem for them. And yet in the TV series, right. that right. is the problem for them. And, you know, that's, that's cool. It's an interesting take. It, it's mm. a fun show. But that's not the Doom Patrol that I grew up uh, reading. And I'm sure when you create a character like Beast Girl, it might get a new reader in. Uh, you know, we've uh, mentioned uh, in the Lost episode, Michael Dorn is going to be writing, uh, that's that's Worf from Star Trek, for some of you, uh, will be writing Steelworks because he voiced Steel in Justice League Unlimited. And, well, I mean, that's the connection, but that he's writing the book. And he, it doesn't seem to be that he has help 
you know, like somebody else doing it. So I, and I don't mean that to sound patronizing. I just you know sometimes when a celebrity writes a book, they're teamed with somebody who is probably doing a lot of the heavy lifting. That does not seem to be the case here. Well, uh, I mentioned this to you before, but uh, Dorn had done scripts for Star Trek. Right. On, you did mention that. On, on, on the potential of a renewal of next generation or something. And some of that has worked its way into season three of Picard. Yeah. I've read, I've read that, but after you had told me that, right. Yeah. You know, so, and again, I'm not sure if that was the time we tried to record where a Skype just decided that one I syllable. I think would it be may on. have been the one that we actually recorded. Okay. Well, yeah. that we didn't actually record. <laughs> well, it, it no, no, if, no, because it wasn't your fault. If it something was, was written and then burnt, it was tech. It was, it was tech, still written. <laughs> it was technology. Uh, so yeah. anyway, I, but you know, just the, so there's that. And if I look over at Marvel, I don't know that there's anything at Marvel that has me excited, except I've been grateful for the books that I've been able to sample and. It, like not have to know a lot about the characters. Like I really did like, not just because he's a friend, uh, David Pepos's Savage Avengers. And I told him this last weekend, he wrote a bunch of characters that I could not have cared less about. And I enjoyed the book anyway, because the story was good. The, the way he got me into characters. I didn't know. Cause I'm not a nineties Marvel kid. I was a six sixties and seventies Marvel kid. So you put in, or a 2010s, you put in weapon H. I, eh, I don't care about weapon H, but he made him interesting. You know, uh, I was drawn in because a new Deathlock was going to be a villain, uh, or a character in it. And I was like, Oh, Deathlock, I remember. And I was into, but everybody else. Eh. So, you know, I don't know. Is there, can you defend or, or and it's not defend. We read a lot of stuff. Yeah. Are you, is there one that I, I think you mentioned before we started recording, there's a book that you were reading perfunctorily and now it has become exciting and you look forward to it. Yeah. I always refer to it as like, I'm, I'm reading this book kind of like homework. Cause I think that it's storyline is going to be part of the Typically Marvel universe, because mm -hmm. the ones that have, were like that for DC, I just stopped buying. Yeah. Um, but when Spider-Man got rebooted to issue one, um, they had this, they had this, uh, uh, plot gimmick where it's been, I think a year since the previous issue. Okay. And Peter is not well liked by most of his friends, no longer seeing Mary Jane. Um, and he's kind of the, in the dumps. Um, and they allude to things that happened, but they didn't really say mm -hmm. what's happened. Um, and I've, I went into that going, I've seen this thing happen. And, you know, this is, this is like the new 52, right? Where they lost a year and then they, Mm -hmm. Some of the books lost a year and then they told the story behind like Superman right? or action comics versus Superman. Um, so I was not, I was not going into this thinking, Oh, I can't wait for this to happen. Uh, I, I, I love it when Peter and Mary Jane are having difficulties. I do not. Um, so this, this storyline, first off, uh, John Romita jr. 
I I can almost say I'd read a book from him that didn't have a writer. You know, just the 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 work that that he does in creating these characters is so clean and so dynamic. And I it's it's almost a Kirby dynamic, right? Oh, um, okay, I'll go with that. That's not new. I mean, it, it is no. it, when you look at the lines, you look at the like the way he draws faces and such. You can kind of go, yeah, that's. It's not exactly Kirby's lines, but it's the same kind of spare, uh, sparing, dynamic, but not dynamic uh, positioning. Zeb Wells uh, is is just great. I, I like mean, his writing. Yeah, he's he's just being wonderful in this, and the storyline is actually has been developing independent of what happened a year ago to things that I really care about. Like we've got um, a redeemed Norman Osborn who actually this time seems like it's really redeemed. And I had seen a book that I, on the, on the stands that I had not looked into. I don't, I lately, I am not reading any of the what's coming news or what's, no, what's the story I, I, I try about. not to do that. Yeah. And I saw, you know, and, and a lot of the spider, I, I don't read a lot, most of the Spider-Man spinoffs i didn't read uh, black cat and mary jane i don't i never read anything related to carnage uh, i don't read venom um all those spinoffs I, I've, I stopped reading the um spider-verse stuff too so when i saw this golden guardian golden goblin mm-hmm. is that what it's, is that yeah I, gold I, goblin. I, I just gold goblin. gold goblin i just ignored it and i didn't realize that that was kind of parallel to this storyline because that's norman osborne as a hero okay and he's got he's got not only a man in a chair guiding him, he's got a whole organization behind him. It's like the the Flash TV show where he's got headquarters and then he goes off and he's getting information from them. Um, and that's in this book too. And they just in the last two issues started to tell the story of what happened, um, what okay, happened a year ago. Because and I've, I am wait, now wait. caught caught this book, this Spider Man. When I read it, I enjoy it, but I don't have any trouble putting 24 issues on a stack that I haven't read and then going through and mm-hmm. kind of quickly reading through it. This is, this goes right to the top of my stack now, just right okay. to the top. I will have to, I will have to go back. It's a good, cause I picked up, uh, another, at least a different kind of character out of the spider verse. Uh, I want to call her Hallow. I think it's Hallow's Eve. Oh yeah. So it was out of the dark web, and I just went. Oh, I don't know what this this looks. In. I didn't even realize it was really a Spider-Man book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought, oh, interesting title, female character. Her abilities seem interesting and different. So I want to see where that goes. Now, am I excited? Didn't she come out of the um, the uh, the X-Men Avengers? Uh, see, I, I'm not sure. There was something about. New York City, overtaken yeah. by demons. Right. And so I thought that was a Spider-Man thing called Dark Web. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, I think Dark Web was may have been part of that. She implied that it was the same event that turned Ben Riley into a villain with a different name that I do right. not remember. That's, 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 the, that, and it was, I can't remember, the Gwen, um, not Gwen, um, Jean Grey clone. Ah, yes. Goblin Queen. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So she's involved in it. Yes. And she and Ben Riley are having a relationship. Well, let's and, not make it salacious. Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah. but it's, you know, they're good friends. But, but, <laughs> but, you know, to that, Spider Man, again, if you're, if you're a younger reader 
who's totally into this. I'm not taking anything away from that. It's just, again, yeah. from my perspective, it's like uh, Spider-Man seems so danged overwhelming, despite him having once been one of my absolute favorite characters. And same with Batman. Over it, you know, I was actually, I think, Friday morning talking with somebody after they'd be like near the beginning of WonderCon about, you know, what I don't need is another Batman book in which you tell me again what happened the first time Batman met Joker. Right. And at dawn of DC, God love them because the art's going to be fantastic. Tom King and Mitch Gerards announced they're going to be doing a new Brave and the Bold book, which is nothing like what I want from a Brave and the Bold book, which is a team-up. It's four issues retelling the 12-page story in Batman number one in 1940 about the first time the Batman met the Joker. And I'm just like... (laughs) I I did finally stop buying Batman I was just kind of like, wow, an hour ago, not an hour ago, I told somebody this was exactly what I did not want. Yeah. And that I just don't need to see again. But if you're... Again, I know there are younger readers, just like there are people that won't watch movies that old. You're probably not going to go back to Batman number one. Although my thinking is Ed Brubaker retold that story uh, as well. I I, want to say it was the the man who laughs might have redone it, something like that, um, uh, 20 years ago. But, you know, that again is that's me. Right. I've been reading since 1968 or 1969. Um, not understanding those books when I was in, in 1969 because it was four. But, you know, I, I've been going back and, and, and read that history over and over, and I'm just tired of all those. So I don't know what has me excited in terms of uh, books that I enjoy, certainly. But, you know, it's why I love going to cons because then I find a bunch of small press. Well, I've, I've never encountered. Uh, there are books that I will, you know, might never see in a comic shop. But uh, because they're small, uh, you know, small, small distribution and, and, you know, you discover those. And and I feel the same way. I think you you alluded to to the cinematic universe, cinematic university to Marvel Cinematic (laughs) Universe. What's coming? DCEU, what's coming? You know, like Shazam, Fury of the Gods. I thought it was it was fun. Uh, My my complaints are not complaints. They're more of the, eh, you know, you had an opportunity to do something a little different that's more in line with what the what why everybody loves Shazam but those people that love Shazam aren't the people that are going to go see it you know it is a great family film it was fun yeah. um yeah. eh, you know uh, i i thought that it had it had some sparkling moments yeah, but it, yeah. It no didn't. no absolutely but the only thing i realized the only movie that i'm excited about in the coming year I mean, maybe a sweeping comment. I'm sure somebody will come up with, well, what about this one? It's not a superhero movie. I mean, I'll go to every superhero movie because I have an addiction. And I do, for the most part, enjoy them. It's Barbie because Hmm. I have no idea what they're actually doing with Barbie. (laughs) I got invited to go with a group of friends and we were all going to dress in Barbie colors and and Mm – she, I'm, if she organizes it, I'll probably try. But well, why uh, not? It's it, yeah. you know, it's fun, yeah. and I you know I, that's it. Barbie looks fun, and I and I have no idea what it's going to be, you know. So, and, and you know, as a side thing, I just because I I do want to keep this uh, a manageable length here, is you know overall I think there's kind of this it's a cultural malaise, and it has nothing to do with the legitimately good efforts 
that and good faith efforts that people are making to create great content is, uh, uh, no. you know, the, so there was a, a Future of Comics panel, which was the writer's block, uh, David Avalone and Ryland Grant's or verse, vice versa, I don't know who gets top billing in that podcast, uh, but they did a panel at, at WonderCon, and one of the things that was brought up was, you know, during the pandemic, the big two, as or what we thought was the big two, you know, kind of like shops closed, shops couldn't open, so the business kind of pivoted to Kickstarter, and so a lot of indie comics got... Uh, or, or or smaller publishers got a little bit more notoriety for at least being able to put out content uh, through Kickstarter. And DC and Marvel both, uh, or their parent companies, made decisions based on the status quo of what was happening in shops during the pandemic. And it's pivoting back. People are going back into shops. And so, you know, our buying habits have returned to older uh, older styles. I don't know. But... We suddenly have less free time than we did when you were stuck at home. You needed to, you read, you listened to audiobooks and podcasts, you watched streaming services like crazy, uh, and you were hungry for something to take your mind off of the fact that we couldn't go anywhere. And now we're back to we can go places. So there's less attention to be had. You know, it's, it, the things that we love are getting smaller and smaller slices of our attention, and we don't have the chance to uh, resonate with anything. Like, I think this this season of Picard is super fun. I think Mandalorian, eh, okay, it lost a little of its novelty, but I still enjoy it. But nobody's really talking about the Mandalorian or Picard. Like, I used to have to get up on a Wednesday or a Thursday morning at, like, 6 in the morning, and boy, was my wife super happy i say sarcastically when i'd say get up so we can watch mandalorian and avoid all the jerk friends Spoilers. we have yeah. that are spoiling it without mm -hmm. realizing they're spoiling it just so because that's no it's no longer enough to remember the days of the internet when you just go first and that was it you no know, everybody's got to post oh my god that i can't believe they did that thing that we've been predicting for a while i'm like right, i don't right. want to know that you know, right. I just want to enjoy it, but it's not. We're, we're fairly we're fairly Holmesy and to be able to interpret just a little bit of scrap of information to realize what's going on in the right. I mean, the you know, line. I will grant you this is not a hundred percent accurate statement, but but uh, when I, the, what I'm about to say, but if you are friends with me, please assume that I am smart enough to figure out. <laughs> yeah, Jason Salazar, I'm talking to you. Uh, <laughs> you know. Like, no, he hasn't done that in quite a while. So, but I mean, there you go. That's how uninteresting it all is that Jason Salazar hasn't po posted a spoiler uh. in months. Uh, you know, so it's, I, I, I don't know. You know, it, it, it's uh, everything's fine. It's just I, I, I just don't I, have the enthusiasm. I want to I want to kind of put it back into the uh, into the bucket of there's so much out there still. No, absolutely. And that's, and the, that's what I'm so saying. We have we, less attention to spare right. entertainment than we, than we did two years ago. So, so on one night a week, Debbie and I will watch Picard and Mandalorian in the same evening. And I do that mostly for the reason you just stated. I don't want to, I don't want it to be spoiled, but in a way it kind of lessens the impact that each of those stories has on me because at the end of the evening, I'm kind of like, 
wow, I watched so much stuff. What am I thinking about? Where this? What was? Where is this thought coming from? And I, I, I don't, I don't sit back and enjoy the time after I watched it. No, I, I may have to have a, a cold turkey. Part of that I am noticing, like there's, I can't remember what I was watching where uh, the streaming service was trying to jump me to the next thing. And I said, yeah, and I was like going, wait a minute. Part of, at least for me, uh, part of watching the end credits is not because I think, oh, I'm going to see somebody I know, right. but because it's it's letting the experience of the show I just watched resonate. <coughs> yeah. And let me sit with the emotions I have with that instead of having to, where did I put the remote? And please, no, I want to watch, you know, and it totally takes right. me out of that. Oh, I, uh, Pennyworth. I love the music in Pennyworth. Yeah. And see, I, I never want to skip the intro and I never want to skip the end credits. And it's, and that's one that that uh, I think that's uh, is that on HBO now? Yeah, it's HBO Max now. Yeah, and and they really try and shove you into the and next I episode and I hate that times. of all places. Please don't do that to me, HBO Max. But I've yeah. I've said that probably once a week uh, about something else on HBO Max, and so yeah, I mean I just feel like and I need to take like a detox. I think. I, I did this a, a few months ago or a year ago, and I think I need to do it again, where uh, my wife and I watched two nights in a row, uh, Jurassic World uh, Dominion and Top oh. Gun Maverick. And by uh -huh. the time I got to Top Gun Maverick, both of them are just going to – I don't necessarily mean this as an insult. They're cookie-cutter, perfect movies for what they are. You know, yeah. and Top Gun Maverick, fantastic movie making. Uh, just, oh, those poor people in North Rusanistan uh, that, <laughs> that will never be uh, rescued. But um, but there was a moment in Top Gun Maverick where they're in a forest, and I looked at my wife and said, a T-Rex is going to break through. And <laughs> yeah. said, oh, no, that was the movie we watched last night. Like, it just felt so... yeah. You know, and 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 I, I don't necessarily blame those movies. It's more like I just watch so much, and my day job is storytelling in a way. I have not yet been able to put a T Rex into something I've done for work, but you know, it, it's just you start predicting everything, and yeah. um, so my enthusiasm's dimmed. I'm looking for that thing that will that will do something different. Um, you know, so. I don't know what's uh, I, I turned this to the listeners. What's get what's got you excited? Um, what are you looking forward to? And, you know, or are you actually going outside and seeing the sun? Um, as I think most people are, you know, that and you've decided, oh, I like hanging out with friends again or playing games uh, and, and maybe sports. I don't know. Uh, concerts, things you couldn't do for a couple of years. And have, how do the companies pull back? So then it makes what they're giving us feel uh, just a little bit special. That's all I'm asking. Just a little bit. I mean, Disney is responding. Both Marvel shows and Star Wars shows are, they're slowing. Uh, Bob Iger said, we're, we're going to slow down the pipeline a little bit because, you know, it does, it does meld. You know, you don't have a chance to really talk about the, these things. Ahsoka, I think, is next for Star Wars. It may be yes. months. Uh, they did just reveal Secret Invasion may still be coming in June. It's been a while since we've had a Marvel show. So, 
that's exciting. It, it kind of makes, has built the anticipation up again. So, you know, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com or comment on Facebook or, 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 or tweet at, at us. Uh, you know, what's got you excited? I, I've got a thought for a shorter podcast for next week, and we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, but thank you for listening, uh, because here we are complaining about too much content, and we're putting more content out there because that's what we do. And uh, so we're glad to be back. Uh, so thank you for listening. I'm Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers for, for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.